Welcome to the Ulster Business Podcast. In this episode, I speak to Nula Murphy of Diversity Mark NI about our top female company leaders, why diversity in the workplace is good for business, the huge gaps which still remain, and how COVID-19 has highlighted yet more challenges for women here. Murphy, welcome to the Ulster Business Podcast. Thank you very much for having me, John. Looking forward to it. No, I suppose first of all, we'll, we'll look at your uh, the role at the moment um, with diversity, um, the diversity mark. We're seeing more firms being awarded the the, the diversity marks. Um, I suppose just first of all, just just to kind of set out the stall, those firms that are, are receiving those, what what are those firms doing to sort of set themselves ahead of others and ensure that they're shining a you know a bright light on diversity in the workplace? So Diversity Mark is the awarding body of um, a diversity charter mark um, that enables companies to sign up to achieve different stages, be it bronze, silver, or soon to be gold. And really, the emphasis at the moment, uh, companies really want to demonstrate their public commitment to building better workforces and more inclusive workforces and more diverse workforces. And so Going back to your question, a lot of companies, I think coming out of the pandemic, when they've really been hit with the realities of what that presented to employees, to the workforce, to the challenges that we all face in life and work, and they've realized that maybe um, they need to reflect more the people who who are working for them. And by doing that, and by committing to their policies and initiatives that they are saying, you know, we are a good place to work. We want to get better. We know there's a problem in society. We know there's a problem with diversity and representation and they want to get started on their journey. So um, I suppose with Diversity Mark, you sign up and everybody starts at the first stage, which is the bronze stage. And that is really an opportunity for organizations to start with one of the first goals, which is gender, to establish the data around gender in their organizations. And that is a big piece. That's a big piece of work for some organizations to first collate the information, analyze it and take, you know, insight from it. And that's sort of, um, I mean, some of, some of the companies are obviously awarded the marks are, are companies that are, have kind of pioneered this sort of thing and, and have been either they're part of larger companies, which are very progressive and very forward thinking. Um, whereas, you know, presumably there are companies that are still at the stage where this is very new to them. Yeah. And, and so what we say, and it's really important to reiterate this point is that everybody's journey starts from a different position and it's not about looking at a large organization and see, you can be inspired by some of their initiatives, but it's really about looking at your organization um, your organization's makeup, what you want to try and establish with the initial policies and procedures and recognition of be it gender, be it um, disability, race, ethnicity, LGBTQ+, social inclusion, um, disability. So I think that for me, and I've been in this space now for nearly a decade with a lot of the work I've done around gender equality, at the start of that experience for me it was very much an add-on it was a nice thing to have yes let's support let's look at gender let's support the women in our workplace let's give them opportunities to learn and grow and upskill and that was done through a you know a grassroots organization but now what i think finally 
organizations with visionary leaders, whether they're a global company or a local manufacturing or service company, they are seeing the business benefits of being having more gender equality in the workplace. And, and the data is out there. You know, we know that organizations with um, uh, gender diverse board are more performative. We know teams with more diverse um, with, that are more diverse are more innovative and creative and performance is better. And so it's not just the right thing to do. It's actually, it's good for business and not just good for business when it's good for business, it's good for society and it's good for the economy. So with women being just a little bit more than 50% of the population, it kind of makes sense that our organizations and businesses reflect that. Um, I think where everybody's catching on to it and also coming out of the back of a lot of great initiatives and organizations and networks that are operating here, um, are now starting to see uh, reap the, the rewards of the work that they've put in and middle people who would have been involved in community initiatives and grassroots campaign are bringing that into their organizations they're moving up the chains they're creating that pipeline conversation in the right rooms at the right time and they're they're um they're i suppose recruiting supporters and advocates and um, sponsors to make it happen and to see more equality in the workplace diversity and representation you know, and we've seen you know a few recent major inter announcements in your female appointments, um, both public and, and private sector. Uh, I mean, from Vicky Davis uh, as the new chief executive of Danska, and um, and Jane Brady's uh, the head of the civil service now. Um, how how important is it for younger women, you know, who have ambitions and want to go into business to sort of see these sort of roles being filled by by women as opposed to to men? Well, I think, you know, we cannot be what we cannot see. And with the most recent appointments, now we can see it means that we can think it's it's possible. And it's not just for young women. It's actually for experienced women in the workplace. It's great to see another woman rise to the top of their industry and their sector and do really well. And the likes of Vicky and the likes of Jane Brady um, have been big advocates of a lot of the work, you know, not only in their that I've been involved in over the years. And so it's even better when you know someone who is a big supporter of equality and diversity and inclusion rise to the top because then you know there's change but it's not just for women it's also for men and it's also for young boys to see that it does it doesn't always look like what it has done and therefore when we're able to change those stereotypes by seeing more senior women rise to the top in huge roles that it's as good for them as it is for us. And the other thing is, but, but, but equally, John, we have to be mindful that we can't get complacent because Vicky Davis, Jane Brady, some of the women who are leading the organizations, they are exceptional and have had a tougher job to get there than, than most likely the men because of the nature and what we know about bias in the workplace, opportunities. And so it's really important that we remind everybody in organizations and companies to really think about their makeup, to think about their diversity, to think about their representation and the benefits that that, that having more diverse organizational bring to um, to their business and um, their goals. And, you know, we do see, you know, certainly in the last five, 10 years, a lot of leading, you know, female entrepreneurs setting up businesses here, growing them into success stories. Um, and a lot of kind of emerging sectors, tech obviously being one of the, the primary ones. Um, mm -hmm. But do you think we'll sort of see more female leaders among our biggest and our you know longest running family firms? Is that something that's going to happen over the next few years as well? Will there be more of a balance there? Um, we in diversity, Mark, as I said, we have three different stages. There's bronze, there's silver, and there's gold. 
when it comes when it comes to organizations and the future here we've seen um we've had a really great organic growth and rapid growth i suppose to to companies signed up to diversity mark um and they start at bronze and as i said that you know the three goals at the bronze stage are around gender over time we will see that um permeate out into all organizations we have eight companies now that are at the silver stage and therefore most likely we will see more companies being inspired by their initiatives and their commitment and their activities around gender and the other elements of diversity as i mentioned um and therefore we keep the wave going but you know the lean in and mckinsey launched their women in the workplace report some of the findings are quite telling now this is based in corporate america but in general and in my experience it's pretty similar across the rest of the world you know women through the pandemic have stepped up they've taken on more leadership roles but maybe aren't getting recognized for that work um for women of color things haven't really changed since 2019 which is which is terrible and should therefore there needs to be more work done in that space but then there's this particular um one of the big insights was around always being on and that 24/7 culture of working from home doing everything so we have to be mindful that the, what the data tells us i think we have to keep going and we have to really listen to our staff be aware of what their challenges are what the blockers for them are in progress whether that be introducing flexibility for both for parents not just women but flexibility and telling the stories of those who have risen to the top or leaders visionary leaders who are committed to to change and to supporting um the different communities that that exist in their companies and generally speaking i suppose just from your own experience over the years would you say northern ireland is behind or ahead of the curve well i think it's pretty um in the tech sector i can i can talk to the tech sector um it is um above the standard which i think is 20 you know it's 27% from an equality piece women in stem um and i'll just have to check that john actually um so just ignore that i think northern ireland is probably probably performing similar rates to the rest of the uk and the rest of the world nobody's really particularly doing this well apart from scandinavian countries and they have a lot of um they have a lot of focus on supporting working women especially around childcare and childcare is a big um element to this so um we need to sort that out and i know women in business is working really hard at trying to bring in some reform there so we can get the childcare piece right we can enable more women entrepreneurs we can enable more working women and we can enable more change in what society looks like and therefore can inspire the next generations to see what the new normal is and um the women's investor ready project which i know you've been involved with you know sort of highlighting some of the issues that women are facing and i suppose getting businesses off the ground or seeking funding um and some of that was you know feeling excluded from some of the networks a lack of clarity around funding options which is then impacted on on raising capital just if you could just talk me through what the what the main sort of outlines and issues of you know that, that came about from that and what sort of companies and sectors are are we talking about in particular that maybe are are being affected more than others yeah so the women's investor ready project was um a lockdown project that um it was inspired after the ladies who launch event the last big event that anybody went to at allstate in um february 2020 and at that we we talked about the rose report and how um 
you know, 22% of venture capital went to women entrepreneurs in the UK. And inspired, I suppose, by that, motivated, who knows, myself and three other entrepreneurs, Alison Hogg, Grania Kelly, Lisa Strutt, got together to try and establish what it looked like here. You know, we have UK stats, we have US stats, we have European stats, but we don't have regional stats as to what it looks like and feels like for a woman entrepreneur in Northern Ireland. So that's when we went out to our various networks, surveyed over 100 entrepreneurs who've been through many different um, programs and accelerators and received a lot of support for them. And we kind of got the top line, you know, challenges for them. So um, as you said, what the, what the, the key findings of the survey were around highly targeted relevant services, mentor matching that were fit for purpose. So you were matched with a mentor who actually had experience in the industry or the type of business you were trying to build. And also clarification around the range of support and services um, and what was relevant to their business. So when it comes to women entrepreneurs, we don't have the same established networks or customs or advocacy pools that men do have. And again, global data backs that up. But the final key finding for us was development of access to support that's available. Um, oh, sorry, let me just cut that one. Yeah, the final insight was around the lack of support for childcare. So when you're trying to start up a business, what does that look like? And what happens if you have other support, you know, childcare needs that distract you from getting into business? So they were the key findings. And I think, you know, what we do, what we decided to do was to be collaborative in our nature. And so we rallied together a lot. We, we went out to the ecosystem and asked them, would they like to support us and get involved? And we had a huge response. So we um, were very fortunate to have women in business, Ladies Who Launch, Belfast City Council, Intertrade, Raise, Tech Nation, British Business Bank, Ulster Bank, Upstream, Davis and McDonnell and Barclays all commit to supporting our goal, which was to change the state of investment to women entrepreneurs. And um, collectively, we have been working on ways in which that we can, in our own right, support, um, support women entrepreneurs and you know, if you look at some of those partners of ours and some of the key initiatives that are coming out of the work they're doing now, we believe that Twerps has helped inspire that. And um, I think that through collaboration, we're only going to affect change in that way and understand, you know, that bias is a big thing. Access to networks, clarity of how to get funding and get ready for funding. Um, understanding what networks are out there and introductions to them and then that the accelerator programs that are being funded be it by government or other are actually fit for purpose and, and no, i suppose you know looking at the at your role with diversity at the moment um what what areas you know of workplace diversity in Northern Ireland do you think now you require the most attention obviously there's 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 different sectors and different issues that need to be addressed whether it's sexuality, race, gender, disability, what, where, where are we, where are we at a very early stage where there's just not, you know, enough being done by companies here? Well, look, on the when you're on the outside, um, sometimes you can get frustrated and don't think things are being done. But since I came in the interim role here at Diversity Mark, I have been really encouraged by the interest, support, and commitment of companies both at HR level and senior executive level to try and make a difference. And that is something that 
I wouldn't ever have seen had I not been inside working with companies who really are committed to trying to make a difference and want to make a difference. Sometimes I think we're afraid to get started because we don't want to get it wrong. And when I say we human beings are afraid to start anything because we don't want to get, you know, it's nature. So what we try to, and what I would like, you know, for anybody listening, for every organization, it's different. Your journey is different. We have put in different, um, you know, goals for different stages because we originated out of um, gender equality initially. Um, and we start with the gender goals and then we move on to bringing in other goals around ethnicity, disability, social inclusion, LGBTQ+, because it's part of our origin. And so I would say that companies need to learn more about what they can do. And we do that through our peer groups and our industry groups and our public groups. We also have a global resource network that pulls on international um, data and news as well as local news. So we can, we can support through the sharing of how to, and we have regular comms and a lot of people, you know, a lot of organizations are proud of what they're doing. And so they talk about them and they're very, you know, they're very open to sharing with other companies, be it in the same sector or another, how they've gone about it and the challenges that they've overcome or the inspiration that they've had. So I think it's just a matter of, we are a small organization. We have had, we've experienced unbelievable growth even in the past few months, especially across the island of Ireland and the UK. So that's natural where we go to for growth. And um, we are currently working with um, many organizations across those jurisdictions who want to get involved with diversity, Mark. So it's only a good thing that people are thinking about it and wanting to commit to it. And we're doing everything we can to support their journey, which is their own journey. Um, We're very lucky to have a really robust independent assessment panel um, who really consider the applications and offer guidance where needed um, and also pushback where needed. So you don't always get it first go, which is great. And our signatories are delighted with that because then they know that they're putting the time and effort and energy into getting it right and to doing it right and walking the walk. And that's really important as well when it comes to standing over your accreditation. It's not easy. Um, and so when you see somebody promoting their bronze or their silver and soon to be gold. Um, They've gone through a pretty rigorous process and committed to great initiatives and great work internally and externally in order to get that. So it is something to be quite proud of. And then just just finally, you know, in the last few months and the year or so, and I've spoken to other people in other business groups and, and, and companies themselves obviously about this as well, but how has COVID, you know, affected things and particularly has COVID shown a fresh spotlight on any areas in particular? Yes, well, I think we can lean on the information we know from the McKinsey and Lean In report um, that COVID really, you know, cast an eye into just what being a working woman looked like. Um, and before COVID, I think we were looking at 120 years before we got gender equality in the workplace. And post-COVID, it's been pushed back maybe 10 or 15 years. Um, so that is something that, that has highlighted that challenge and also it's something it's an opportunity to find a solution for that and to talk more about it so when I spoke about one of the key findings being women have stepped up they have done more work but they're not being recognized for it that's the number one place to start you know of your 
of your employees, what who's been doing what, especially when it comes to post-COVID, and are you recognizing the work that's being done? The other piece is this always on culture, just being mindful of, um, yes, it's great to work from home, but are we then expecting that everybody is at their desk sitting for the original hours? There's no break. There's no chance to build relationships and trust with colleagues. There's no water cooler moments, you know? And so being mindful of that. And then also, um, and it's a difficult one. It's, it's the challenges that maybe bringing people back to work, what that looks like, understanding you still have the uncertainty about schools and childcare and COVID that it's about being flexible with that and having those those conversations openly about it. So I think communication is really important in all of this and listening is so important. Listen to your staff, ask them, ask them how things are going and, and where we've seen great companies um, who've submitted applications to Diversity Mark, when they have a good employee engagement and a good feedback loop, they're the ones who are um, actually um, able to launch initiatives that are fit for purpose. Okay, Nilla, thanks very much for your time. Thanks very much, John. You can listen to all the episodes of the Ulster Business Podcast at ulsterbusiness.com, Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud. Thank you.